Technology is at the bleeding edge of our world, but it's shaped by the thought leaders who understand where the landscape has been and where it's going next. Their ideas and perspective tell us much about what shape our new normal is going to take. That's why we're pleased to offer a forum for real conversations with them. Welcome to Digital Insights Outlook. And welcome to the fifth episode of Digital Insights Outlook podcast. There's been an underlying theme throughout many of the conversations that we've had so far about how the pandemic has actually accelerated technology development and adoption. We've seen a ton of growth of curbside pickup. We're seeing new use cases for disinfection technology and organizations are truly turning to technology to help them manage what we're now calling our new normal. In today's episode, we're going to look at how some of these technologies work and explore the impact on manufacturing and warehouse operations. And I'm excited to be joined by two wonderful guests from Zebra Technologies today. Jennifer Springer, Senior Director of Distribution Center Operations and Logistics, and Mike Frank, Solution Product Manager. Mike and Jennifer, thank you so much for joining us today. I'm really excited about this conversation. But before we get started, I'd like to ask you to introduce yourself. Jennifer? Sure. Um, so I, as introduced, I'm the Senior Director of Global DC Operations and Logistics. I'm responsible for operations at four global distribution centers and uh, our global transportation network, as well as a program within our portfolio called Zebra for Zebra, uh, where we work to deploy and innovate Zebra's kind of leading and bleeding solutions inside of our operation spaces. Great. Mike, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, thanks uh, for having me here today. And uh, yeah, I'm Mike Frank, and I'm with our Intelligent Edge Solutions team. Uh, and I have portfolio ownership for the MotionWorks uh, portfolio of solutions, and specifically uh, MotionWorks Proximity, uh, which is one we'll be talking a little bit about today. Uh, and so I have the product management ownership for that particular solution. Great. Thank you both. So. We now have this need for social distancing in the workplace. Many manufacturing organizations are having to operate at reduced capacity, which obviously has significant implications on production. Current processes and workflows are having to be adapted now to ensure social distancing mm -hmm. and we're also keeping employees safe. So Jennifer and Mike, what are some of the options organizations should really consider and as they look to adopt their warehouses to accommodate this new normal? Jennifer, maybe we start with you. Sure. Um, so at Zebra, we've been leading the way and looking into the market to figure out how we can continue to drive productivity in our operations as well as, you know, first and foremost, keep our employees safe. So we've deployed and recommend everyone deploy a host of solutions, whether it's um, segmenting employee groups. So you've got almost a compartmentalization of work cells within your team to limit any cross team contamination. Um, so that if you have one individual who does uh, get identified as positive, 
you you have to quarantine a, a small segment of your team and the rest of the team is safe and then you can flex out that skill set or that work capability in the rest of your site um, a lot of other best practices include floor taping so that you've got clear delineation of work zones sometimes for um, creative use of plexiglass dividers where you've got close close working groups because of the nature of the operations. And then of course, um, some very smart deployment of in shift and between shift um, sanitization processes um, to really ensure that employees are rigorously cleaning all shared surfaces and work areas, including devices. Great, Mike, I'd like to get your thoughts here too, please. Sure, um, certainly, you know, the it's critical for businesses to have a, a good plan in place and good procedures, uh, as Jennifer uh, specified. Uh, but the one of the other areas that I think sometimes goes uh, uh, forgotten or, or not focused on is the the safety of the employee and the um, their morale and their their confidence uh, to be able to come into work every day. You know, a lot of us uh, have the, the luxury of working from home, are safe in our home offices, but a lot of these individuals that are on the front line are working, you know, elbow to elbow with people on a daily basis. And, uh, you know, it, 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 they're definitely put in harm's way and, and giving them a, a tool and um, processes that will help provide them with the peace of mind that they can come into work every day. And they look at this as another part of their PPE, their, you know, their personal protection equipment, that this is, you know, this is their, their seatbelt. This is their, their, uh, their body armor that protects them and, and gives them the peace of mind that they, they can be safe and, and, and do their job. So I recently saw the announcement that Zebra had launched uh, MotionWorks Proximity. Mike, can you tell us a little bit about the solution and what it does? Sure, there, there's four main pillars in our solution. Um, the first is a, a component called MotionWorks uh, Proximity Alerts. And what this does is it provides uh, an alert uh, at the device level between two individuals that are carrying one of our devices equipped with the solution. And when those two individuals get within two meters or six feet of each other, uh, the solution will give an audible alert or haptic alert vibration to let the individuals know that they have moved within that six foot um, space. And that's the space six foot and within is what the CDC and WHO have, have indicated is sort of that, that high risk zone. And so if the individuals can uh, police, self-police their social distancing and back away, uh, we certainly you know, can help reduce the risk of passing the virus between the employees. Uh, the, the second item is what we call proximity events. Uh, and that is when two individuals uh, either ignore or are unable to comply with those proximity alerts to tell them to back away after a five minute period of not backing away, uh, we, we log what's called a proximity event in the cloud. And that is a, a piece of data that uh, can be used by HR or uh, case management to determine um, if there's patterns that are showing up in individuals' behaviors, perhaps during break times or during onboarding in the morning, there, there tends to be uh, a lot of events thrown by individuals or a, you know, a group of individuals. And uh, uh, they can then potentially redesign the workflows to help uh, reduce the opportunity for those individuals to have to be forced into that close proximity, or it just could be social distancing behaviors that have to be, um, you know, help corrected through, through discussions with HR. Uh, the third piece is what we call contact tracing, which is a pretty well-known uh, term in the industry. And if an individual is suspected of being a, a testing coronavirus positive or uh, is su suspected or as tested positive for the virus, 
and they inform their uh, HR as such. They can run a report quickly and identify all of the individuals uh, that have uh, potentially been exposed to that we'll call patient zero, both uh, first level direct contacts, uh, secondary and tertiary contacts, the number of times they've come in contact during that reporting window, uh, and the, uh, the total duration of time they've been in contact with those individuals. And that will help uh, the case management HR prioritize uh, who they contact and, and based on their processes and procedures, uh, make sure that those individuals are you know, immediately notified, uh, asked to, you know, to quarantine themselves, get tested, or, or follow whatever processes and procedures uh, that they have. And then the last piece is uh, sanitization of the devices. Uh, one of the last things we want to happen is that the very tool that the individual are using uh, to help drive this solution uh, are contaminated with the virus from one user and transmitted to the next user. So we have um, some very uh, uh, specific enforced processes around uh, the devices and when they're fit for use and if they've been clean and it's clearly noted through the UI screen if the device is ready for use. And so the, uh, you know, the hope there, of course, is that with good sanitization uh, process and procedures, you'll greatly reduce the, uh, the opportunity to transfer that virus. So those are, those are the four pillars of the solution. Wow, that is really, really interesting. Jennifer, can you share with us what led to the development of MotionWorks Proximity? Sure, I, it, it's interesting. I, I think in the beginning, there were multiple groups at Zebra who instantly, when things started to happen and shape up in early this year, began to think about what we could do. Um, within the Zebra for Zebra space that I manage, um, uh, there was an early collaboration with a separate product group or a solution group who immediately started to ask, what can we use using the technology that we already deploy on our site to give some type of alerting message? Um, we began talking about that as early as late February. Um, and started in a pretty rapid succession, some uh, sprint um, programming, testing, and deployment in our Netherlands-based warehouse. It was a real collaboration between business groups, technical groups, and the warehouse operations group. The warehouse teams in the Netherlands were actively shaping and feeding um, the design of, and the solution as it works, um, testing out in a real-time environment in a multifaceted environment in the warehouse because there's many different conditions in the warehouse. It's not just one giant big cavern. You have different types of, of kind of spaces, closed off, lots of heavy equipment in the background, quiet ones to, to kind of bring this to life. At the same time, there was a separate group at Zebra that, that Mike was working with that was working on a, a more robust market-ready solution. Eventually, our groups merged together, uh, where we then kind of brought the best of both worlds and did some sprint testing, deployments, and additional facilities around the world at Zebra to get to what we now know as MotionWorks Proximity. Love it. So I'm interested in your thoughts around what should enterprises consider when it comes to adapting to this new normal? And, and do you think that solutions like this will remain relevant even beyond the pandemic? Mike, maybe take this one first. Sure. Well, first off, I think uh, enterprises should review any state or federal guidelines that have been put out there to make sure that they have uh, the base level of compliances that they, they need to adhere to. Uh, but certainly uh, you want to go, I think, above and beyond that to 
to uh, do a lot of the activities that Jennifer uh, outlined earlier. Um, I think that uh, uh, certainly there are lots of technology solutions out there. Ours, of course, one of them, but the, there's many others that you, know, you want to find that's the best fit for your enterprise. Uh, and then obviously it, it doesn't stop with just the, the collecting of the information and getting the visibility into uh, the individuals that may have been uh, exposed or at risk, but also all the processes and procedures around your case management, how you handle those events once they do happen. Uh, it doesn't matter how much data you have if you don't have a plan around that to execute, uh, that data really is, is, is not very useful. Um, and, and it's uh, sort of like insurance. If you, uh, if you want to gamble and not put a solution in place and you never have a, a COVID event, then, you know, you, you should probably play the lottery. But, you know, given the, what we've seen in today's environment, there, there, there isn't a day that goes by where you don't see a company that's been impacted by this. So uh, it's, it's definitely important to be prepared. Jennifer, what are your thoughts here? Yeah, for sure. I mean, if you if we asked ourselves in March, when do how long for how long do we envision using these devices in this technology? Everyone's like, eh, you know, maybe the fall, right? I think we've learned enough that we know nothing about our ability to predict how long this will last and what the next transformational stage of, of the world of COVID. So um, as Mike said, I'm not going to go buy any lottery tickets now because I'm, I'm not, I know that I know the limits of my imagination and they have been far exceeded, exceeded already. Um, as we've been deploying these solutions, um, there's some best practices that Mike sort of alluded to that we know will be omnipresent uh, no matter what happens in the future which is our ability to connect workforce groups in a site so they have a better way, a more seamless way to communicate with one another, which doesn't require them to congregate in large groups, um, both for safety and productivity reasons. Um, this technology, we think we've built a bridge to be able to have a second life in this technology to do that. Um, and outside of the technology, simply having a way to better keep track of our employees uh, for safety purposes, for workload planning purposes, um, for communication purposes, that is a carry through that no matter what happens, we'll have. And then of course, like any, I, I think, well thought out and well managed supply chain organization, uh, resiliency is, will never go away. This concept of building an overly resilient supply chain whether that's within your site using technology, whether that's how you plan your larger supply chain at, at large and how you build native resiliency, that is a carry through that I think every, like I said, every smart and well-managed supply chain organization will, will, will continue through no matter what. Agreed. So I can see where this technology would be extremely helpful in a warehouse and, and manufacturing environment. However, I can also envision other use cases where it would be very beneficial as well. Mike, could you give us some insight into what some of those might be? Sure, yeah, I mean, our, our, as a company, Zebra's uh, core uh, verticals and, and areas of focus have historically been you know, manufacturing, distribution centers, warehouses, transportation, healthcare, um, but, but certainly this solution uh, transcends any any vertical, uh, any place where you have uh, people that have to work together, work uh, potentially in close proximity to each other, 
uh, or uh, interact with people, uh, certainly this could be an applicable solution. And we've seen um, interest in, in the educational sector. Um, we've seen interest in uh, a, a country's court systems where they wanted to be able to protect individuals that are going into the courtrooms. Uh, professional sports leagues, especially with them all trying to get back, uh, back into business. Uh, they're looking for ways to protect their, their staff and, and their, their teams. Uh, and then uh, uh, we've seen instances in, in retail where not only having associates use our solution to help them do their social distancing, but in, in a retail, obviously they're interacting with, with customers. So uh, there's been discussion about adding some of our Bluetooth beacons onto shopping carts so that in addition to being able to social distance from each other as employees, they can also help enforce social distancing between themselves and the, the customers they're serving. So Jennifer, what type of data is available to, um, to companies to determine how well the, the solution is working? Sure. Um, so I, I can talk about it through the lens of what we use ourselves. Um, so we, our ops managers who have access to a certain type of data, they can see, um, as Mike referenced, they can see um, contact events. Um, so when two associates or two uh, login IDs repeatedly come in contact or single event come in contact with one another. Um, so we can look at large swaths of broad range data, whether we are looking at a shift, a day, several days to see how many events are occurring. And then, then we can dig in to say, hey, what, what is this? Is it the nature of a specific job? that requires people to be in close proximity, let's say in some of the uh, high touch postponement areas that people are in stationary work cells. And if so, are those okay? Maybe they're separated by plexiglass shields. So we look at that. We look at, are there one-offs that happen with a, a consistent user ID that might, might suggest um, uh, maybe a behavioral or a retraining issue? So we look at that data on a pretty regular basis. And then of course, um, when we're looking at a, a possible positive event for con extensive contact tracing, and then a separate part of our user group who has access to a larger set of data can then look and trace by a specific user ID or a specific individual, what is the kind of echelon of contact that they have uh, gone through uh, over a period of time, whether that's one day, two day, or whatever the uh, kind of ground zero data is of the positive case. Um, so it's a pretty broad reaching um, and, and I think drillable based on the, the perspective of the person's um, scraping through the data um, and the need of what they're trying to look for. Mike, would you add anything to that? Yeah, no, I mean, I think, I think that is a good, a good summary of the data. It's certainly getting that operational visibility uh, into uh, when the events are happening, you know, and you can actually see them by hour. Uh, so you might, you know, find out that uh, they're happening during, during break times or during lunchtime, or uh, maybe when certain deliveries come in and, and individuals are forced to work together. Um, so uh, certainly having that, that visibility by day, by hour, by shift, um, looking at trends over time, uh, certainly gives you that that insight as to where you can improve uh, as an employee uh, from your own personal social distancing or where an employer can improve the environment that the employees are working in. I think that visibility is going to be really, really key 
um, you know, as you both have mentioned, this need for social distancing is something that will impact almost every industry and workplace. You know, I know from our perspective, Stratix has spent considerable amount of time and effort outfitting, you know, K through 12 with devices for virtual learning now. But as children eventually go back to school, finding a way to successfully social distance in schools could be huge. Not to mention in retail where this type of solution could go a long way in rebuilding, you know, employee and consumer confidence. So this leads me to a broader question that I have for both of you. Um, when it comes to the pandemic and digital transformation, how do you think the focus has changed? And do you think that this has really accelerated the adoption of technology? Jennifer, you wanna take that one? Yeah, it, certainly as um, an operations leader at Zebra, um, the answer is like a resounding yes. Um, we had always had uh, a, a strategy based on uh, digitization, innovation, and automation. Um, and it, it was, I wouldn't say it was a passive strategy, but it was, there wasn't a fire under us to move this forward. With COVID um, and the uncertainty of the workforce, the unpredictability of Will we be able to operate our warehouse today? Will we be able to have access to our inventory and in the last critical push of an end of quarter? Um, we got in a situation earlier this year, at the end of our Q1, where we had a positive case of the absolute worst part of our quarter, which is like the last week, um, which didn't strand our inventory, but it made it really, really, really difficult to access it and get critical sales orders out to meet our customer needs. Um, and that was an absolute cannot happen again situation. And so the, the imperative, the absolute criticality of looking at how do we augment our workforce with automation, robotics, innovation, and digitization to ensure that we are Reducing our reliance on all of these uncertain factors is absolutely kind of first of mind and driving almost all of our, our decisions right now. Thank you for all that really great insight. Um, I like to end our podcasts with a little bit of fun if you are both, uh, you are both game. Um, with a series of rapid fire questions to um, allow our audiences to get to know you a little bit more outside of technology. So are you game? <laughs> sure, as long as we don't get scored. Okay. <laughs> All right. So the first one is, if you could travel back in time, to what period would you go? Uh, I, could, I could start that one. Uh, I would go back to uh, the constitutional debate. I, I, after seeing the musical Hamilton and reading uh, the book Hamilton, uh, I've become pretty, uh, pretty interested in that period of history. It'd be amazing to be a fly in the wall and listening to, to all the debates that went on behind those closed doors. It would be, especially now. Just stay away from the dueling, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> Jennifer, how about you? <laughs> I'd love to be able to say something really profound, like the late 60s to experience 
um, all of the great uh, social upheaval of that time. But honestly, it would also be super cool to see dinosaurs. <laughs> so I would say I would love to be in a safe place during the Mesozoic era so I could see like what that looked like. I love it. A new pet for your household. <laughs> okay, so keeping with that same theme, what would be your spirit animal? Would it be a dinosaur? <laughs> an otter. I'm an otter for sure. An otter. Okay. Uh, Mike, how about you? Well, um, I was born in August, so I'll, I'll go with Leo the lion, king of the jungle. Good one. Good one. They seem to have a great life. They could lay around and sleep all day and Nobody bothers them. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. So the final one, if you had a superpower, what would it be? So mine is not super cool, but the superpower I would love is just to influence people uh, in very subtle ways to just get them to be better people, better to each other, better to themselves. So mind control. Sure, you can elevate it to a cooler sounding mic. Yeah, I was trying to help you out there. <laughs> I like that. I like that. How about you, Mike? What's your superpower? I think would be flying. Just just to be able to get somewhere without having to to mess with, uh, especially today with airports and traveling. Can <laughs> you go somewhere outside of my house, outside of my office, the same walls I've been looking at for five months? So that would be what I'd want. That's a good one. I like that too. <laughs> Guys, what a great discussion. Thank you so much for your time and for sharing your insights with us. It's really been a lot of fun. Yeah, thank you. So guys, thank you for a great discussion. It's really been fun and I appreciate you sharing your insights with us. And listeners, I wanna thank you as well. If you liked what you heard and would like more information or would like to sign up for future episodes of our podcast, please visit stratuscorp.com slash DIO to subscribe. Thank you so much for joining us. Until next time, goodbye. Thanks for joining us today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast to be among the first to enjoy new episodes. Until next time, keep looking ahead.